ask you tonight to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. And the title I've given tonight's message is, What is Your Happy Place? We're going to talk about what your happy place is. What is your happy place? And we're going to be in Psalm 63 tonight. Once again, welcome to Sunday Night Church here at CCSB. And again, the title of tonight's message is, What is Your Happy Place? And we are in Psalms 63. Amen. We will read the whole psalm here and then have a couple of points I want to share with you guys. Just stuff that as I read this, the Lord kind of just popped up and ministered to my heart. And I pray that tonight you guys are blessed as you've come out to church. And Psalm 63, the word of the Lord says like this. Uh, this is a, a psalm of David, and the subtitle here in my Bible says, Joy and the Fellowship of God. Having joy in the fellowship of God. And is there someone that always enjoyed that fellowship, enjoyed hanging out with God, enjoyed being in the presence of God? It was David. And here in Psalm 63, we have a psalm of David. Uh, the, the scholars believe that this psalm was written when he was out in the wilderness, running away from Absalom, who was trying to chase after him to take, wanted to take his life here. And in Psalm 63, the word of the Lord says like this, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands into your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. There shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall stopped. Amen to God's word tonight. Let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight, and Lord, we thank you so much uh, for Sunday night church, being able to come out and hang out here in your house, God. And I pray that tonight, Lord, Holy Spirit, you would speak through me as we uh, share word from you to your people. And God, I pray that um, people would leave this place tonight knowing that they've met with you. God, we continue to thank you just for everything that you're doing here at CCSB, God. And we ask that tonight, once again, you would bless this night, make it special, Lord. Father, we do love you, and we do praise you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen, and amen. Again, tonight's title is, What is Your Happy Place? And I gave uh, tonight's message that... Uh, title, but it's also a question that I really want you to ask yourself, you know, what's your happy place? I know for my daughter, you know, who is five years old, Sarah Faye's happy place 
would probably be Chuck E. Cheese. If you tell her, sir, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese, she'll be like, daddy, yes, I want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. Or the other thing that would probably come close to that would be the new John's Pizza in Carson. Okay, driving by John's Pizza is like, daddy, when's the next time we're going there? Sir, we were just there this past week. Can we go again? You know, it's like, it'd probably be Chuck E. Cheese, John's Pizza. Lately, it's actually been the mall. I'm like, she's only five. I don't want to think when she's a teenager, you know. It's, it's Chuck E. Cheese, it's John Pizza, or it's, it, it's the mall, you know. I know for my little uh, brother-in-law, it'd probably be Disneyland. Maybe for you it's Disneyland. After all, it is the happiest place on earth, right? I don't know about that, but, you know, maybe uh, that would be considered your happy place. You know, um, for David, David here in Psalm 63, he had a happy place. And it really wasn't a place, it wasn't God's place, but it was God's presence, you know. For David, his happy place was God's sanctuary, that place where he met with God. Or better yet, that place where he could come and experience complete intimacy with God, with the creator of the universe. His happy place was enjoying the presence of God in his life on a daily basis. Not necessarily God's place, but God's presence. That's what I want to talk to you guys about tonight. You know, do you find God's presence being a happy place for you? Because it was for David. And I believe it should be for every believer. That place of intimacy, of coming one, of meeting the Lord, of enjoying. You know, I, I, I love it here. In Psalm 27, verse 4, David says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So what's your happy place tonight? That's what I want to talk to you guys about. Enjoying God's presence, allowing that to become your happy place. And I have four points that I want to share with you tonight. Why David found God's presence and why he was able to say, you know, this is my happy place. And maybe you're a new believer and you're starting your walk with Jesus. Or maybe you've been walking with the Lord for years and you've lost sight of the importance of allowing God's presence to be your happy place. So I pray that you would come back to that point of intimacy in your walk with Jesus tonight. That God's presence would be it for you. That God's presence would be your happy place. That God's presence would be that thing that you just look forward to enjoying and experiencing every day. First point, why did David enjoy God's presence. Why was that his happy place? You know, it says here again, the little subtitle here in my Bible, he had joy in the fellowship of God. He, he enjoyed coming face to face with him. Why? Well, point number one, David was a man of priority. David was a man of priority. He knew how to prioritize in life. Psalm 63, verses one and two, we read that again. It says, oh God, you're my God. And underline, if you have a pencil or a pen or something, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. And a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. 
So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Underline early while I seek you. Before anything else, God was first in David's life. He sought him daily. This proves to be true, not just when he was little shepherd boy, but even when he, was, he became king of Israel. Even when he became king, one of his top priorities, if we remember, was bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. He had priority. He knew how to put the important stuff first. Priority, how do we define that? The fact or condition of being regarded or treated as more important. God had top priority in David's life. What about you? Is he a priority in your life today? Well, I, I, I think he is. No, really, I want you to really take a step back and, and look at God's word. And really think about that. Is God a priority in my life? You know, circle that word early. Uh, you know, working with junior high ministries sometimes, and, you know, over the years, I like to sometimes highlight certain words and look at other synonyms, the definitions for that. And, you know, the way the word early is being used here in verses 1 and 2, uh, you know, other synonyms you could substitute for that is the word eagerness or the word immediately, or the word giving it importance. Is God, are you eager when it comes to having a relationship with the Lord, does that, do you get triggered? Does it motivate you to go deeper and deeper every day? You know, early. In other words, immediately, immediately when he woke up in the morning, he, he sought the Lord. You know, it's been said, whatever first grabs our attention in the morning is likely to occupy that place all day. Whatever first grabs our attention in the morning is likely to Occupy that place all day. Maybe tonight you're here and you're like, Pastor Jimmy, I don't really know if God's a priority in my life. You don't know me. That's right. I might not know you. God does. And you might be like, man, this life is crazy right now. Life is just, there's a lot going on. Well, awesome quote here by Charles Spurgeon. I wanted to read that to you guys. It says, learn from this. I do not say I will get into communion with God when I feel better. The temptations of the devil to tell you not to pray when you do not feel like praying. Pray twice as much. David sought God at the tabernacle in some way to experience God's power and glory. Interestingly, I repeat, David was not at the tabernacle when he wrote this psalm. He was actually out in the wilderness running for his life. Yet he knew that God's sanctuary was not only a place, but a spiritual concept. Or better yet, God's presence was was that thing that he should be aiming for to prioritize in his life. I encourage you tonight to really ask yourself the question once again. Is God a priority in my life? Is he important? When David woke up early in the morning... When he woke up, it says, early will I seek you. You know, how does that look for you and I today? I was thinking about this. You know, sometimes we want to just complicate and we want to think deep. Let's just make it really practical. How does that look for you and I today in regards to prioritizing God in our life? Well, it might just look like putting your phone aside and cracking your Bible open. But I have a Bible app. Amen. If you have a Bible app, use your Bible app. But 
You want to be less distracted? You don't want to be tempted to look at your emails? Put your phone aside and open up your Bible. How might it look like to prioritize God a little better in my life today? Well, wake up a half an hour earlier and get away from the distractions. Get away from mommy and daddy and go to a place of solitude of just you and God and, and ask God to reveal himself to you. God is real. And he loves you. He loves you so much. That's why he sent Jesus Christ to die upon the cross for you 2,000 years ago. He loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. How does it, God become a priority in my life? As I said, maybe put your phone aside. Wake up 20 minutes earlier. Get away from the distractions of life. Make it your goal to really have a devotional life. Pray, praise, read, journal, pray again, whatever that looks like. But make it your goal to be a man and a woman that will prioritize. That's the first step to allowing God's presence to be your happy place. But secondly, David was not just a man of priority, but David was a man of praise. And I love it here. David was a man of praise. He wanted God to be lifted high in his life. He wanted God to, that he wanted people to walk by and when they would look at him to, to see God be the main thing. You know, I think about what Pastor Dennis would say sometimes, keep God, allow the main thing to be the main thing. He wanted God to just be it. When you praise, you express warm approval or admiration of, you know, uh, Steve Hamm from Answers in Genesis, famous Christian writer, defines praise as this. When we praise God, we are essentially boasting about him and cheering and reverent adoration of his person and works. Unlike adoring fans at a performer's concert, it is God who shines his glorious light into our lives, revealing that everything about him is praiseworthy. Are you a man, are you a woman of praise tonight? You know, Psalm 63, verses 3 to 5, we read that again. It says, David says here, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Underline that. Circle the word praise. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow. And fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Do I find myself praising God throughout my day? Do I find myself acknowledging? I was talking, I was talking to my wife about this today. You know, how do we know when, when we're really praising the Lord? Let's make it practical. How often do I acknowledge the good that God allows into my life? Many times I don't. Many times I just complain and I just whine about what's going on. And, oh, God, why this? Why this? Oh, God, when tragedy hits, we ask the question. I'm not, please, I'm not trying to be insensitive to anyone. We ask the question, why, why, why? How about when when a difficulty comes or when something comes and wants to shake our ground? Instead of asking why, we ask who and how. Who do I turn to? Maybe you find yourself here tonight and Life is hard right now, and you're asking God, why? Why did I get laid off? You know, why did God allow this to happen? How about it, it, you stop asking the question why, and you ask who? Who can I turn to? 
And the Bible says that God is ready to help you. The Bible says that he is our very present help in time of need, in time of trouble. God is near to the brokenhearted. Can I get an amen for that? God is near to the broken heart. Can I get an amen to that? And he loves each and every one of you. And he knows each and every one of you from the youth ministry to uh, the oldest person here. He knows what you're going through. And he wants to be your help. He wants to be there for you. Why was David so motivated? Why did David always want to live that life of praise? I don't know about you guys, but if you go to the book of Psalms and to uh, all the writings of David in the Bible, he's always praising. Yes, sometimes he, he's having a hard moment, but at the end of it all, he always comes back to praising the Lord and, and looking to God and, and lifting him out. Why was he so motivated to live a life of praise? Well, the loving kindness of God was better, more meaningful to David than life itself. I love it. David knew and experienced something of God's loving kindness that many believers today do not know of or have experienced. You know, loving kindness could equal the steadfast love of God. You know, the, 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 the Hebrew word, uh, ch- chesed, you know, the, the covenant loyalty, that's how we def- could define it. God, D- David had come to that place in his walk with the Lord that he knew that God would never let him down. He knew that God was it for him. He could go no other way but the way of Jesus. And now that I would come to that place that I would go no other way when difficulty hits me but the way of God, but the way of Jesus. I love that. Matthew 10, 39. Reading these couple of verses here in Psalm 63 reminded me of that. You know, it reminded me of Matthew 10, 39. He who finds his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And then I love Psalm 57, verses 5 and 11 You see the heart here uh, of always living a life of praise. You know, the book of Psalms always reminds us of how awesome, how mighty our God really is. You know, be exalted to God above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Be exalted to God above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Oh, that we would do that, that as we walk through life. We will live a life of praise that when people look at us, people will be like, man, he's a praise warrior. Not, he's a prayer warrior and a praise warrior. He's always thanking the Lord for the wonderful things. It's always, it's always sunshine. You know, it's always sunshine in his life. Oh, that that would be us. That we would come to that place of acknowledging the good. Always looking up, thanking God. God, thank you for for your blessings. God, I might not have much money in the bank account, but thank you for the money that I do have. I think about Pastor Jeff. You know, when he he makes it so practical. God, thank you for the gas that I'm able to pump into my car. God, thank you for the clothes that I have in my back. God, thank you for the roof. Thank you for the pillow that I'm able to put my head down at night. God, thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, that us as believers, we'd always live vertically, looking up. A believer should always live looking up vertically. Never live horizontally. When we live horizontally, we look at all the 
chaos and everything happening. Oh, that at the end of, uh, of our day, when we go home, we, our eyes would go back looking vertically, looking to Jesus and thanking him for the wonderful and awesome and mighty things that he does in our life on a day-to-day basis. Amen? Amen? You know, true story. Uh, a pilot landed in an airfield on the East Coast. Uh, okay, true story. True World War II story. And keep in mind how different things were back then, right? Dirt runways and everything. Well, he lands there and uh, he has to fly to England. And as he lands, he goes and has lunch, fills his plane up with gas, and then he takes off to England. He gets about halfway to England, uh, way out over the Atlantic Ocean, and he begins to hear this cheat, 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 cheat in his plane. And he's like, oh no. He looks down and he, he looks, he looks around. What's that noise coming from? And then he sees in a fuselage somehow when he was down in the airfield, a rat had got in the fuselage and the rat was chewing on the steering cable, which means that if that rat bites through the steering cable, the steering cable will snap and he will have no control and he will plummet thousands of feet and die and it would be a crash and it would be horrible into the Atlantic Ocean. So he begins to panic and he begins to kind of freak out a little bit, but he's like, I can't, I can't go back because I'm halfway. I can't go forward. I'm going to die. And there was no solution because he could not get to the rat. But then he remembers something. Rats are rodents, and rodents live a low altitude. And they live under the ground and on top of the ground. And he says, I don't think that rodent can survive high altitude. So he took his plane, and he started going up, 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 up. And as he goes up, he gets to three, four, five thousand feet. And he got into such high altitude that the rat didn't have enough oxygen. And the rat died. And the chewing stopped, and he went back down. And he flew all the way to England and landed safely. And you know what, folks? You know what, guys? That's an amazing reminder for us. Praise is like that. Praise is an altitude correction. When you and I praise God, when you and I live with gratitude, when you and I purpose in our hearts every day that I'm going to get up, I'm going to give honor and glory to Jesus, I'm going to live vertically, not horizontally, we end up ascending in a way into the presence of God. And when you're in the presence of God, bitterness is killed off because it can't survive in God's presence. And when you're in the presence of God, anger, resentment, discouragement, it all goes away because you're up in the altitude where the grace of God has replaced that stuff with gratitude. True story. That's why it's so important the purpose in our hearts every day that I'm going to get up instead of being a complainer. And as I point a finger, I got three pointing right back at me. Stop always complaining, always telling God about all the little things that are happening. Instead, start thanking him for all the little things. Because if you start thanking him for all the little things, eventually those little things become a big thing. And you're going to be in a good place. So that's why David was able to enjoy God's presence. And that's why God's presence was his happy place. Because he was a man of priority. Early in the morning, he knew how to put the important stuff first. He knew how to prioritize. Again, 
How do you prioritize in the year 2019? What might that look for us? How, how might that look for us for you, for you and me today? You know, man, put your phone aside. Maybe uh, just get alone with God. I don't know. Pray. Ask God. The Bible says if you seek him, if you pray to him, you, he will be found. Secondly, David was a, a man that allowed God's presence to be his happy place because he was a, a, a praise warrior. Yeah, he had low moments in life. We all do. As long as we're in this flesh, as long as we're in these bodies, these tents, we're always going to have those moments where we're going to want to throw in the towel and say, I can't grow no more. But the beautiful thing about it is if you look to Jesus, he reminds you, yes, you can. You can go more. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? The Bible says that. Third thing tonight, as we continue our Study here in, the, in Psalm 63, the third reason why David allowed God's presence to be his happy place was because he, he was a man of passion. David was a man of passion. He had a strong and barely controllable emotion when it came to God. He loved God so much. We see that when he was little shepherd boy, when he went out to battle Goliath, when he became king. He loved God so much that yet when he committed sin and fell with Bathsheba, we see Psalms 51, we see a cry from David telling God, oh God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Oh God, I am sorry. David's passion was so strong that yet when he hit the hardest of the hardest, he cried out. And he found himself coming back to God, telling God, God, I am sorry. And maybe you're here tonight, and there's something that you've done this week, or maybe you're here tonight, and you had a rough week. You, had, you just feel like, that's it. I don't know if God loves me. Listen, God loves you. There's nothing that you can do that can separate you from God's love. Why? Because it's not about what you can do. It's about what he did on the cross of Calvary for all of humanity. And God wants to remind you of that. And I want to encourage you with that here tonight. Maybe tonight you're contemplating doing something that you know you should not do. Let me tell you, come to the feet of Jesus tonight. Surrender your life to Jesus. It is the best decision that you can do. You know, I was thinking about this today. I'm 32. And I came to know the Lord. Um, I truly came to understand what it was that really giving a life over when I was 10 or 12, you know, when at the age of a junior higher. That's when I came to, to know the Lord. So I, I've actually, I was thinking about this, talking to my wife the other day. I've actually, you know, been walking with the Lord for 15, 20 years now. And it's, it's like, I look back and I don't regret anything. And I have to tell you, every person I've met <laughs> that has truly surrendered and given their life over to God, has never said, oh man, I wish I would have never made that decision. Everyone that's given their life over to Jesus and has truly surrendered to Jesus Christ has said, it is the best decision that I've done. And tonight I want to tell you, if you've never given your life over to God, oh, that you would do that tonight. It is the best decision that you can do. Will your problems disappear? No. Jesus says a pretty radical statement when he says, if you want to follow me, he tells his disciples, pick up your cross and let's go. We forget that. That statement was pretty radical. The cross was where 
the worst of the worst died back in the day. Lord Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. He says, oh man, it's going to be hard. But I'm going to be right by your side. And I'm going to be walking right with you. And I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. And I'm going to give you all that you need to be able to stand. And to be able to continue going forward. And tonight I encourage you. Think about that. You know, David was a man of passion. We go to Psalm 63, verses 6 to 8. The word of the Lord says, When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you as the night watches, because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Again, passion, a strong and barely controllable emotion. Yeah, I love it here. I love it here. David's relationship with God started early. Early in the morning, early will I seek you. And I went all the way to nighttime. Uh, As I meditate on you, as the night watches. And then it started all over and I went over and over and over and over again. He was totally surrendered. He was given over to God. Oh, that that would be us. Oh, that my Christianity wouldn't be measured by how many church services I go to during the week. No. Now don't get me wrong. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembly of the brethren. This is important what's happening here tonight. But that I would take it out that my relationship with God goes around and around. When I'm in the workplace... When I'm at the mall and someone cuts me off and I just want to, ah! Oh, that I know that God's eyes are on me. I love it. David was extremely passionate about his relationship with God. That it went around the clock. It started in the morning and it continued at night. He felt that there was not enough hours in the day to think about God's greatness. You guys ever meet a not a, someone that a, a new believer? Pastor Dave Stewart probably meets them all the time in the get launched, you, you know, class that he has every Wednesday. A new believer, or someone that's just come to know the Lord. It's like, man, they go up to you. Someone that's just doing the life over, and they're like, man, bro, how are you, man? Oh, I'm doing great. God is good. Oh, man, God is doing amazing. And they go on and on and on about Jesus. And you're like, wow, amen. Let me hang out with you a little more, you know. That to say, sometimes for people that have been walking with the Lord for quite some time, that kind of that, that spark kind of just dwindles out. It's like, why? It should, it should keep going. I was thinking, you know, oh, that, that would be us. That we would be like a, a new believer that always just has that spark, that Jesus spark. That we, we can't contain what Jesus did for us, that it just wants to flow out of us. That when we're out in and out and we see the homeless God side, oh, that we'd be so passionate about the things of the Lord that we'd want to go and just do something for him. Oh, that if we see someone in need, we'd go and do something for them. Oh, that we would not hold back. Why? Because God didn't. He gave it all for you and for me. You know, many of David's Psalms are simple cries for help. But I love Psalm 63. David, uh, 
You know, Psalm 63 came about, again, from the wilderness of Judah. There was certainly help David could have asked for, yet Psalm 63 has no cry for help, but gives thanks and praise for God's faithfulness for the times he ended up helping David. David knew that as long as he stayed close to God, harm could never get to him. He knew that in the shadow of his wings, he would be okay. I love that. In the shadow of his wings. The the shadow of his wings. You know, what does that mean? We see that in the Bible sometimes. In the book of Psalms, we see it in Psalms 91, right? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Well, the shadow of his wings many times shows us the idea of God protecting us. It shows us the idea of God providing, of, of God's presence. You know, every day that I wake up, I should make that my prayer. God, I want to be in your shadow. I want to be so close to you that I can't get closer. You know, sometimes when I go out with my daughter, we go to Knott's Berry Farm or we go to Chuck E. Cheese or John's Pizza. And my wife is always like, Jimmy, keep her close. Keep her close. Always grab her hand, you know. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to leave her like 20 feet from me. Of course she's going to be. Yes, I know. Keep her close. It's it's like, (laughs) and it reminded me that it needs to be like that with me and God. Oh, that I would be close. I'd be in a shadow. The cutest thing sometimes, sometimes, I know my daughter's here, but sometimes I'm in line and she's next to me and mom must have talked to her. The neat thing that she does is she puts her hand in my pocket. And it's like, it should be like that with me and God. God, so close to you. When fear comes, oh, there's no place for fear. Why? Because if I'm so close to God, fear it disappears. It goes away. Oh, God, that I would be in your shadow. Why? Because when anxiety wants to come and grab me, there's no place for anxiety. Because those things just disappear in the presence of God. Oh, church, tonight I pray that we would be making this our desire. That we would get so close to God that we would become passionate that we would become pumped up about the things of the Lord as mentioned already David was one who pursued and followed close to after God's heart after all he was known as the man after God's own heart and because of that God would uphold him with his mighty right hand again even when he falls with Bathsheba He comes back to that place of knowing that God was his only hope. Question tonight. Let's personalize this. Let's apply this. How passionate do I find myself about the things of the Lord? How passionate do I find myself being pumped up for, for Jesus? How passionate do I find myself? Oh, that that would be something that I would pray about. And, 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 and if I find myself not being not too passionate about the things of God, oh, that I would get there. Oh, that I would get there tonight. And the last point I want to share with you tonight. You know, why did David enjoy God's presence as his happy place? Well, he was a man of priority. He was a man of praise. He was a man of passion. 
And lastly, David knew that he would be a man who would prevail. He knew that he would prevail. What does it mean to prevail? To prevail, to prove more powerful than opposing forces, to be victorious. He knew that he would get through. Psalm 63, verses 9 through 11. Again, he's running for his life here, this psalm. He's scared. Absalom's after him, wants to, you know, wants to take the throne, wants to destroy him. And yet here, in verse 9 of Psalm 63, but those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals, but the king shall rejoice. And God, everyone who swears by him shall glory, but the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I love it here. David's close relationship to God did not make his problems disappear. <laughs> David's close relationship with God did not make his problems disappear. If you think your problems are going to disappear when coming to Jesus, we talked about it already. You're wrong. Sorry, don't mean to burst your bubble tonight. But in the midst of the drama of life, in the midst of the, all the problems of the ups and downs, how even in the wilderness, David trusted God. And he knew that God would deal with his enemies. In God's time, David's enemies fell, as it says here, by the sword. And he prevailed. They were defeated. Amazing tonight. Maybe there's just something facing you tonight. Maybe there's just a situation that you're like, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through. Oh, praise God that it's not about you, but it's about God. You know, it's been said, big God, little problems. You know, big problems, little God. Tonight, how, how does God become big in my life? Well, I, maybe I need to pull back and just tell God, God, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've, allowed all the drama of life to just become so big that you seem so distant. God, you've never left me nor forsaken me. God, help me to live vertically. God, help me to remember that you're, you're big and I'm little. Anything that I can face in life is little. At the end of it all, David knew he would be a man of victory and knew that he would be a man that would prevail because of his God. Nothing of him but all because of God. What does the Bible say? Cast your burdens on him because he cares for you. Okay. Tonight, maybe some of you need to do that. Need to give your burdens. Need to give your worries over to God and be reminded. And I love it here in 1 Samuel 17, verses 45 to 47. How David's going out to battle here. The word of the Lord says this. Then David said to the Philistine... You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle, a word for one of you tonight, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. 
the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. Such a scary situation. David thought he had no way. And then he comes and says, no, the battle is the Lord's. If David would have gone out there and tried to fight in his strength with all that he had, he, he would have been defeated. Yet he realized the battle is the Lord's. May the battle you're in tonight. There's some friction tonight. Oh, remember this. The battle is the Lord's. You know, and have you ever been in a situation that you're like, how in the world am I going to get myself out of this one? I remember a couple of camps ago, it was actually a winter camp. Um, being the, and I uh, don't get embarrassed saying this, being the big daddy's boy that I am, you know, <laughs> a, a couple of winter camps ago, um, I, I w- was going up the mountain to Big Bear where we used to host our youth camps and uh, I did uh, the wrong decision which I should have listened to some people. I'm going up the, the mountain and it begins to snow. And I'm like, oh man, I better hurry up and get to the camp before they shut the mountain down. Well, it ends up right when I get to the top of the mountain, I start seeing some flashing lights and they're pulling people over and all, the, the Caltrans guy comes and tells me, uh, where are your chains? I'm like, I don't have any. Sorry, man, you got to go back. So I make a U-turn, I go down the mountain, going up the 330, and I get down there, and there's a Chevron, and they're selling chains for about $100. And I'm like, ah, you know, okay. I purchased the chains, and now I'm like, uh, everyone had given me lessons of how to put them on, and this and that, and then I get up there, and then I put it aside, and all of a sudden, I put the chains out, and I'm like, Okay, I'm going to look real smart here, but I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay, and all these people are like putting chains up, and then this guy's all like, oh, you need help. And I'm like, oh, man, thank you. He's all like, oh, it's going to be $50. I'm 50. I, I, just, I just paid 100 <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't have it. He's like, Sorry, man, you're your chains. And I'm like... How do I get out of this one? I, it's snowing. I, I need to get to camp. The youth is there. And uh, what do I do? And all of a sudden, there's all these random people that I had never seen in my life. And all of a sudden, I hear, Pastor Jimmy. Yo, Jimmy. And I'm like, this is Vince. I'm like, Vince? I'm, you know, yeah, I'm one of the youth pastors coming to your camp, man. How are you? You, know, you need help putting the chains on? Oh, but hallelujah, man. <laughs> Amen. You know, and I'll never forget that. It was really scary. <laughs> 10 o'clock at night, I'm like, uh, I'm going to end up having to call. Hey, I couldn't make it to the camp. Or can you come help me? And you're supposed to be the pastor. You're supposed to be a shepherd. And yet, this random guy that I had never met, first time going to our youth camp, goes and helps me. And he put those chains on. And I'm like, brother, you're amazing. All right? Starbucks on me. <laughs> it's like, wow. And I never forget that. And I was thinking about that. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus right there. Situation that I felt no way out. There was a breakthrough. And I think for some of us here tonight, 
we're in a similar situation like that where God wants to give you a breakthrough. God wants to come through. And just to remind you, you can prevail because of me. Because I love you. So today I ask you, what's your happy place? Maybe your happy place has been something totally different from what we're told our happy place should be here tonight. And maybe tonight you need to come back to to your place in your relationship with God where you say, my happy place is going to be God's presence. And that's going to be my happy place. My happy place is going to be spending time with Jesus every day. My happy place is going to be enjoying the fellowship that only God can give me. Oh, I pray that tonight, you know, we, we think about what's been shared. I pray that tonight we'd be reminded of the reality that David was a man of priority or that we would begin to prioritize. David was a man of praise. Oh, that we would begin to praise in our life. David was a man of passion. Man, that we would become people just so passionate about the things of God. That's what I love sometimes. Sometimes I just need a go on a mission trip, you know, for the longest time, you know, I, I remember having, you might be going on a mission trip, it used to make me tremble. But sometimes just getting away, going to another country, going, meeting other people and, and getting away from, from American culture in a sense, you know, and experience something else, it just makes you go, wow. It, it brings a spark to you. Oh, that we would be people of priority, people of praise, people of passion, and oh, that we would remember that we can prevail tonight. David did. And we can prevail nothing, nothing because of us, all because of Jesus and because of what he did upon the cross of Calvary for you and for me. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for your word tonight. God, I thank you so much just for who you are. And God, I thank you for, for Psalm 63, that reminder of allowing, uh, of allowing your presence to be a reality in our life, to, to, to be that happy place. And God, I pray for people here tonight that maybe have not experienced that, have not allowed your presence to to be their happy place. God, I pray that they would come to that place where they just surrender to you and they say, God, I want your presence to to be my happy place. God, thank you. Thank you. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to give you a chance tonight. Maybe there's someone here tonight that just needs prayer. Maybe there's someone here tonight that is going through something and you're just like, you know what, Pastor Jimmy, you talked about, you know, David prevailing because of God, you know, I, I need a breakthrough tonight. I need to prevail. There's just something that's heavy upon my heart tonight that I need you to pray for me. Or maybe you're here tonight and you've never given your life over to Jesus Christ. And maybe tonight you want to do that. Tonight you're like, okay, I'm going to take that step of faith. I'm going to give my life over to Christ. I'm going to, I'm going to allow him to be my happy place. I'm going to allow God's presence to be a reality. I'm going to give my life over 
and I'm going to be born again. If that's you tonight, I would love to pray for you. Let me tell you, it's the best decision that you could ever do. It is the best decision. Again, I've never met anyone who's truly surrendered their life to Christ that said, man, I wish I never would have done that. Everyone has rejoiced. And tonight, I want to pray for you. So if you're here tonight, and I'm going to ask two questions. If you're here tonight and you've never given your life over to Jesus, I want to pray for you tonight. You know, the Bible says that tonight, today, is the day of salvation. The Bible says, so if you're here and you want to give your life over to Christ, do me a favor, raise your hand wherever you're at in the sanctuary. I want to pray for you tonight. Anyone here that wants to surrender their life to God, just raise your hand wherever you're at. I want to pray for you. I want to ask God to bless you tonight. Anyone here tonight, just go ahead and raise your hand. God bless you in the back. Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else that wants to give their life over and wants to say, God, I want to be born again. I want to be made new. Anyone else? God bless you there. Anyone else? Go ahead and raise your hand. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. God bless you. God bless you. Second question, maybe you're here tonight or maybe you want to rededicate your life or there's something that's just pressing upon your heart and you want me to pray for you tonight. Do me a favor. Raise your hand also. Raise your hand also. I want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless. God bless. God bless you here. God bless you there. I'm going to ask you to do something kind of brave. You know, the Bible, everyone that Jesus called in the Bible, he called publicly. Right now, I'm going to ask you to stand, just to take a stand for Jesus. And we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you right now. And, you know, I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And maybe those sitting around them, just go ahead and place your hand on your brother. And we're going to pray for them. So let's, uh, the whole church, let's stand and, and, and let's pray. And uh, I'm going to ask the pastors to come forward. There's going to be a couple of pastors that are going to come forward. And they're going to be up here ready to pray for you tonight, ready to encourage you. But if you're standing tonight, if you raised your hand, I'm going to pray for you. If you gave your life to Jesus, I'm going to pray for you also. And I'm going to pray that God would bless you, the best decision that you can do. Father, I thank you so much for those that are standing tonight and those around them standing, supporting them, God. God, I pray that you would bless them. For those that raised their hand and and that need just help, they're overwhelmed tonight. God, I pray that you would help them. God, I pray that you would show yourself to them in a mighty way. Whatever they need tonight, whatever type of help they need, God, would you be that very present help in time of trouble? God, for those that have given their life over to Jesus, that have said, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you. And if you raise your hand for that, repeat this prayer after me. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for dying upon the cross for me. I thank you for giving your life for me. And I pray that you would make me kneel. Thank you for your body. Thank you for your blood. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave it all for me. Help me to never forget that. Help me to be made new and and to walk in your ways from this day forward. Jesus, I love you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hand clap for those that raised their hand.